Hey, I'm Leilani Bakahi and I'm on the Encouragers podcast. Welcome, welcome. Hi guys, how are you? Good, good, good. Can you hear us okay? Yeah, I can hear you fine. I've got my AirPods in. Good. Nice, nice. I'm noticed, by the way. I'm the one that contacted you. Uh, Stephanie. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Leilani. Welcome. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. Oh, that's Coach. I'm Tech. What's up? Nice to meet you, Tech. Nice to meet you, too. Um, and where where are all you guys based? Uh, we're all here in the U.S., but we're all different cities, uh, different parts mm-hmm. of the country. Like I'm here in Reno, Nevada. Have you heard of Reno, Nevada before? I think I've heard of it. There's uh, Las Vegas is down south, so we're eight hours north from Vegas. Ah, uh, okay. So it's early morning for you guys now then? Yes. It's three o'clock here in my time, Cali time, three o'clock. Wow. Oh my goodness. I've just gone home from work. Uh, if you guys want to have a little quick look. So I'm based in Perth at the moment here in Australia. Um, and this is, so it's currently the sun's about to set, but um, so this is Perth, the city. Wow. Ooh, um, so that's Perth city. And then if you look over here, this is towards the coast. So it's a bit bright, but the sun's setting over that way now. Man. Oh, so, nice yeah. Damn, you living that good life. What's up? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you see, yeah. Wow, that looks like a magazine you cover. See this building here that says this one, this one just here. That building just there that says Rio Tinto on the top. Um, in months, I'm actually going to be abseiling down that building for charity. <laughs> really? Have you done that before? Yeah. No, I haven't. So it's 52 stories high um, and I've raised just over $1,000 for charity. So, um, yeah. Wow, that's crazy. What made you guys want to do something crazy like that? (laughs) Uh, You know what? I actually saw it kind of advertised and they said, you know, you have to raise $1,000 for charity. And if you raise $1,000 for charity, um, you get to abseil down the side of the building. So I was like, you know, why not raising money and get to do a cool experience at the same time? Yeah, all for the good cause. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. What do you? uh, What do you? What do you guys do? Sorry, like, what do you do day to day? Uh, we all do sort of uh, different things. I work as a freelance photographer and photojournalist. And I work part-time or full-time at the airport too, mm-hmm. the local airport over here. Yeah. But we're all uh, pretty much, we're all entrepreneurs more or less. Yeah, I do, uh, mm-hmm. I just, I'm self-employed. I do uh, sports cards full-time. So on eBay and stuff like oh, that. okay. Yeah. Cool. And, so diverse. And I, uh, I work for UPS, but uh, I do uh, clothing, so I print T-shirts and all that on the side. Nice, that's cool. And I run a uh, nonprofit organization. How long have you been doing? Sorry. Now go ahead. 
there's like a delay to no, it. Sorry, yeah, I, I was just was there's a delay. No, I was going to say. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> we have the delay going on. <laughs> Did we lose everyone? Um, I can hear. Sorry, coach. Coach, what were you saying that you do for work? We run a um, a nonprofit organization here in uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. And we help families, um, football players, specifically the big boys up front. We call them offensive and defensive linemen. And we just help kind of uh, help their families uh, through the recruiting process and trying to maneuver and get into college with scholarships and internships and, and um, you know, and help them just get a good education. I love that. That's great. Are we okay with the delay right now? I feel like I don't want to talk over anyone. How's everyone's connection right now? Just quick test. Our mind's good. There's just like a slight delay, but. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, this is one of the craziest things when we do. Like hopefully one day we'll be able to all go and be in a studio to do do a live. Um, but the yeah, the Zoom delay sometimes gets us gets the best of us. Oh, I, can't real, I can't be a real gangster if there's a delay, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh. Have you yeah. guys been done your how long how long have you been doing your podcast and have you done it in a real studio before? No, we um how long have we been doing this? We started what, last year? No, the 18. The year, yeah. Yeah, 17 or 18, because that's when I first uh, moved to Texas when you guys first had me on. Oh, dang. Yeah, it's been it's been a while, right? No? But yeah, we're all still learning. Like, this is something that we're just, we're all still learning how to do. <laughs> like, we, yeah. used to, we used to do our um, podcast via FaceTime, like, just on our phones, and I would record it on my camera. Like I wow. a video camera. Yeah, we just used to do that. But then we figured out there was this thing called Zoom and that was getting popular. So we just hopped on over to Zoom. Aggression, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Baby steps, but all in the right direction. Yeah, that's exactly. So you stay in Perth. How long have you been in Perth? Um, have you, you're so, not originally from yeah. Perth, right? No, so I was born in Sydney uh born in sydney back in 1992 um and then when i was about three we moved to tonga so mm -hmm. i um my mum's australian my dad's tongan he's from lapaha so we moved to tonga and my parents managed the harbour view hotel over there and we were there for about three years and i did kindergarten in tonga at tonga side school um and then we moved back to australia after three cyclones mum decided she'd had a, had enough um, so we moved back to Sydney and then we moved to a little town called Foster, which is about four hours north of Sydney up on the coast. Um, and I grew up there. Then I moved to Bathurst where I went to university. So I moved there when I was 18 and I was at uni for four years study. Then I moved back to Sydney for a few months. Then I moved to London. Then I moved back to Sydney. And then I moved here to Perth about nine months ago for work. Wow. Dang, that's crazy. That's awesome. And what do you do all now over. For? What? So I, I work in radio. I um 
I have been in radio sort of on and off for nearly for just over eight years now. So I did a Bachelor of Journalism at uni and then I did a Bachelor of Commercial Radio. Absolutely loved being behind the scenes in radio uh, and it pretty much just took off from there. So now I kind of work in the advertising side of the business, in uh, podcast sales, advertising on radio, all of that type of thing. Um, and then, but I have been on air in the past. So I was on air when I was in Sydney for a little while and also on the, used to read the news when I was in Bathurst. Um, so yeah, so now I'm just behind the scenes working in advertising full time and I just run a business on the side by myself. Wow. Nice. Dang, that's, that keeps you pretty busy then, I, I suppose. You mentioned uni, yeah. is, that a, is that a university? What is uni? Yeah, sorry, university. Yeah, uni. Yeah, so uni. Uh, sorry, I forgot that you guys are in America. I've never been to the US. Um, but yeah, so college, I suppose. So I did straight out of, um, of year 12, so straight out of high school, I went to a university called, in Bathurst called Charles Sturt University. Um, I was lucky enough to win a scholarship from one of the TV networks here in Australia um, and went to study journalism. To be perfectly honest, I actually went to uni in Bathurst uh, and I had this dream of becoming sort of a sports or an entertainment or music reporter I wanted to be on TV which is why I went to study broadcast journalism uh, and I actually did uh, some internships on in Australian TV sort of behind the scenes and every single girl this was probably back in 2011 but every single woman actually who was working there was blonde and white and skinny and beautiful and at the time I thought to myself you know what I'm never going to make it on TV I just had that thought in my head and I kind of kick myself now because I think if I would stuck at it it might be a little bit different uh, but I ended up going okay well if TV's not for me maybe radio behind the scenes might be better uh, and I you know what I ended up falling in love with it so you know even though I didn't go down the route that I thought I would, maybe for the wrong reasons, I ended up where I'm meant to be anyway. And I'm pretty passionate about audio anyway. That's awesome. And that seems like where everything is going anyway. It's like uh, it's trending towards the audio. Like, I mean, podcasts are huge right now, right? Absolutely. Like everyone sort of says to me, oh, why do you still work in radio? Is it radio dying? You know, everyone's listening to Spotify or whatever it might be. And I kind of say to them, I don't work in radio. I work in audio. And audio is the only media that you can consume while doing something else. Like you can be listening to something and reading or listening to something on your phone, but you can't be looking at two things at once. So I think audio is just so versatile, um, whether that be regular radio or podcasts or streaming or whatever it might be, um, you know, and I think the things that you hear are incredible. You hear music, you hear interviews. Um, there's just so much potential in audio. So that's why I love it and why I stay in it. I know. I mean, like just the these Amazon devices, the Echoes, you know, the what is it called? Just a bunch of things that are uh, new devices coming out, new technologies geared towards the audio. So that's yeah, huge. absolutely. I think uh, I can't remember the stat off the top of my head right now, but I'm pretty sure that in Australia, I think um, 24 percent of Australians have a smart speaker, but those that do have a smart speaker have more than one. So most people have sort of between three and four. So I think, you know, once you get one for one room of your house, you suddenly want one in every other room because they just make life so much easier. Yeah. Yeah, super convenient too. And, and, mm. and, to, and to be quite honest with you, this is the reason why we, I mean, we gravitated and we um, wanted you to be on our podcast so we could expose 
our listeners to, you know, having the potential to pursue broadcast, pursue media, having that avenue. I mean, our podcast is all about encouraging people to level up and, um, and to also uh, information, to access information, you know, that they wouldn't, or, uh, you know, potentially have within their own circle of influence. And so we saw, I mean, we went down your feed and we like, oh my goodness, this is a Tongan girl, right? A Polynesian girl that does a broadcast that understands media, understands journalism, is working in broadcast media. And it'd be great to, to have you on, to reach out, to have you on, to be able to talk about that and your journey through that. Um, yeah, stuff. absolutely. And I love being able to share and inspire anyone else, particularly anyone, you know, especially young women, but Polynesian young women to, um, you know, go out and make something of themselves and to really chase their dreams. Like I'm definitely all about inspiring and encouraging that. And I really appreciate what you guys do with the podcast. Yeah, I mean, um, all these guys. So it's, uh, so I work late, right? So I work, I get off at 1.30 in the morning. But these guys, they're all normally they wake up six early in the morning anyways, but um, for them to to be on with us right now, it was more like a sacrifice. We were teasing each other. It was like, hey, make sure you guys are awake um, so you guys can <laughs> come on so I'm not the only one um, talking with Leilani no. today. So it was just funny. No, that's amazing. And you know what? I know what it's like, you know, when you have a passion or you have something that you want to take off, you put a lot of hard work into it and it does pay off. Like, as I said, I work full time in radio and audio and advertising. Um, and then I also run my business on the side. So, um, you know, my day looks like I get up at five o'clock every morning. I go to the gym and then I come back and I do emails and I eat some breakfast and the emails that I'm doing are for my personal, for my business that I run. And then I get ready and I go to work and then I come home from work and then I work on my business some more, try and get a little bit of time to myself and then bed and then back up to do the same thing. So, you know, it's that daily grind. But if you're passionate about something, it's worthwhile. Yeah, yeah for sure. Go ahead, girl. You know what? <laughs> Would you much rather just... So it sounds like you're juggling a bunch of different um, jobs or different passions in your life. If you were to choose one, and that would be like the one thing that you'll do and you'll master it, what would it be and why? Oh. Do you know what? I'm just so, I'm so passionate about my career in audio. I love radio. I love the environment. I love the excitement. What I do there, there are no two days that are the same. I'm not the kind of person who could go in and do the monotonous same thing every single day. I don't sit behind a desk all day. I get to meet amazing people. So I think if I could just keep working at that, that would be amazing. But, um, you know, I like to supplement that. Like I love being active. I love being outdoors. Um, I love playing netball. I'm hanging out with my friends. So I just think, I don't think, I don't think, you know what? I don't think I could ever do just one thing. There's never been a time in my life actually where I've had one job or, you know, one goal. It's always been, you know, a very diverse range of things that I've got on my plate, but I love that. Nice. What's netball? Yeah, what is netball? What's it? What's netball? Oh yeah, that's the, uh, it, it almost like yeah. a basketball with no with backboard. No, no backboard. Uh, it's yeah, basketball, no backboard, seven players, um, and you can't walk with the ball. You can't bounce it to yourself. Um, and generally, it's played by mainly played by females, but they do do mixed and male teams now. But 
yeah, you, it's not big in the US, but it's big in Australia, New Zealand, and the UK. So you guys need to get behind it. Oh, wow. Netball. I'm looking that up. Do you know if they have uh, netball. netball sports cards? No, I don't know. But it's <laughs> really, you know what they have? I need to look into. Add, <laughs> add that to your list. They, um, they um, don't even do it in the Olympics yet, but I know that there's like a call to have it in the Olympics. But do you know who we have um, in Australia and I think also in the UK, but um, Jamaican women are really good at um, at netball. I've met lots of good Jamaican women in netball. Really? Nice. So is this like a professional sport? Like you can actually be like make a salary off or wages off of netball? Is that professional yeah, teams? Um, yeah, there's professional teams. There's professional leagues both in the UK and Australia. Um, but I mean, unfortunately, like all women's sport, I don't think it's something that most people could survive on full time with the amount of money that they get paid, unlike men's sport. But that's another thing. <laughs> but no. That's wild. I, I got, yeah, I got to, I didn't know about that. Yeah. I mean, uh, what in America, in the, in the US, if you know, you know, in how in, um, I suppose on Saturdays when you guys take your kids to sport, there's uh, football, um, you know, American football, uh, there's baseball. What, what, what do, what do girls play in America? Uh, soccer. Softball. Softball. softball, yeah, softball and soccer. Yeah, basketball too. Basketball. basketball. Volleyball. 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 Oh, volleyball. Oh, yeah. There's even some, you know, uh, I know uh, Coach can attest to this, but there's even some females in like high school football, uh, things like that. Very small, but it's getting to the point where it's normal to see, you know, on teams. Yeah. Have you guys seen, there's this guy that I actually, um, I recently came across. So the business that I actually run in my spare time um, is I actually manage brand partnerships between professional athletes and, and brands. So mainly super rugby and NRL. So rugby league players here in Australia. Um, so sort of like what do their commercial and brand deals look like? But I came across a player who, um, he, I forget his name, but he's part, he's part Tongan. He originally played for the South Sydney Rabbitohs here in Australia in rugby league. Then he went to America and now he's going to be about to become the highest paid Australian in the NFL or something. Oh, oh the lineman. The Eagles. Yeah. Yes, for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. Yeah. Are you work with him? No, but I was reading about him the other day. He looks like a giant. Yeah, he, is. <laughs> he does. Well, the position he plays, he's a giant. Those are the positions that uh, Coach Will teaches. Uh, but, yeah, he's, he's about to make a lot of money. Well, he is making a lot of money. Yeah. And I've seen that he, like uh, he's doing well. he encouraged, like, other uh, rugby players to come over and play football just for, just for the money because it's good money. An interesting I, part, part, part about it is he's never played the sport. That's man. You know what I'm saying? He's never played American football and – Living here in the States, we train 24-7 to try to perfect our footwork and, 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 they, and that game, especially the position he plays. It's, it's competitive and it's tough and it's hard. So for him to come over here and make $100 million. Um, it's a big deal. Yeah, it's a big, it's a huge deal considering he never played the game before. And, you know, it does help that he's 6'8", 320 pounds and runs like a deer. 
You know, or like he runs like it hops like a kangaroo, you know. Because <laughs> he's a yeah, he's and he's a really good, really good football player. Yeah, I know a few today. players have tried that transition too, but it's just never worked out. I think he's like the first one that it's actually working out for him. Like he's it's a career for him, you know. Well, I mean, unless you're you grow up as a, a, an Australian boy who I guess watches NFL. I mean, your games are always on at ridiculous times for us. It doesn't really work out. I mean, I've never watched a game of NFL before. Um, but I guess, you know, we've got rugby league, rugby union, soccer, um, and that type of thing. So I guess uh, most of our guys probably wouldn't even know the rules of NFL that well or what's required. Yeah, that's pretty similar to us watching rugby. It comes on, like, around this time. <laughs> and that's what makes his story, like, so much more impressive, right? That whole transition into, like, a, you know, brand-new sport, just like, coach was saying people over here train all their life to perfect the craft and this guy you know just that raw talent that our people have you know exactly and I mean did you guys see that um, I, I'm, I'm not sure if you guys follow rugby union but the introduction of Moana Pacifica into the super rugby for next year you guys have you guys heard about that oh is that like the islanders team like a combined Polynesian team or something yeah so we have the super rugby comp which is you know five Aussie teams five teams from New Zealand and then as of next year they're introducing Fiji and then they're introducing Moana Pacifica which is made up of um, I guess a, a number of other Pacific islands so they've started naming the team and, and some more information today on their Instagram so that's exciting. That's huge. Hey that's huge especially because uh, a lot of the players like a lot of the top players I'm noticing they're all they're all from they're all, they're mostly Tongan. I mean, a lot of them, some of them, uh, some of the top rugby players in the in the world, they come from Tonga, um, or they're Tongan descent. So that's that's amazing. I need Absolutely, yes, yeah, so it's going to be amazing. Like I guess you know them potentially not having to move so far away from home and go and play in Japan or anything anymore. They do have this kind of top tier team now that they can play for. Uh, I think it'll be really amazing for you know, Pacific Islands in general, putting yeah. them on the map. It'll be great for players coming through, um, you know, grassroots programs and things like that to have some sort of, more, some more kind of people to be influenced and inspired by in the sports world, um, a bit closer to home. So I'll send you guys the link so you can have a look at it. Yeah, please do. Please, please yes. Do. Definitely. So um, will you, um, do you, will you be able to dab a little bit in, the sport and there when that when the sports uh when that develops this um the sports for that uh the rugby develops are you looking to to represent anyone in in that um arena yeah definitely like i mean so i already work with some um quite a few i mainly work with males so i guess you know what i kind of do is a lot of sort of influence and marketing management um, you know, influencer marketing is just massive and it, it's kind of untamed and a lot of brands don't really know how to work with professional ma male professional athletes. Firstly, I guess, you know, girls do the beautiful Instagram photos and stuff like that really well. Um, but then you've got these male athletes who have huge followings and their followers are, are all fans. So they're really engaged. Um, but these athletes, I guess, don't know how to commercialize that and create another revenue stream for them on top of their playing salary. So that's where I can come in and help. And I introduce 
them to brands and I help them develop their content and, you know, have a chat with them about how does their social media profile reflect who they are? Because at the end of the day, footy or whatever it is, it doesn't last forever. Um, and, you know, encouraging them to maximise that, but then also using that social media as a tool for what they want to do afterwards. So if you're a footy player right now and, you know, you see yourself in five, ten years' time wanting to become a commentator, well, you should be creating content now, you know, video content and practising presenting to camera. But then if you could be getting paid to do that with brands now, you know, why wouldn't you be doing that and maximising what you have going? So that's kind of what I help them with. Um, whether that be directly with them or through their managers behind the scenes. That's amazing. And, and a lot of people need that, right? That um, Tons of people could use that. I know they prefer professional athletes out here. They have a whole squad that usually helps them with that, with their branding and their marketing. I think maybe, yeah. and I, I see, notice um, there's a big thing now that the college players, uh, collegiate players out here, they're starting to get more, more, of that and uh, dapping a little bit for that representation, right? To build their brand. Yeah, yeah. they just started and monetizing I think that here. Yeah. Yeah, I think that what happens is, you know, a lot of athletes, particularly here in Australia, and I'm assuming it might be similar in America, but, um, you know, players obviously have their, their playing managers and sometimes their playing managers might just be one person or they might be a small company and they're either an ex-player themselves or they're a lawyer or they're an accountant and they've got sort of no advertising or social media background. So as much as they can coach them through, um, you know, that type of stuff, at the end of the day, they don't have that experience to match up, you know, the commercial opportunities as such or perhaps, you know, there's someone like me who's willing to help and can help secure brand opportunities but also explain how to get more exposure and that type of thing. So that's kind of the brand, the, the business that I'm sort of building on the side while working full time. And it's actually something I really enjoy because I, I love, I love sport as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, do you play any sports? So I, I play netball. Um, I actually just started playing netball again after a couple of years. I had an ankle reconstruction a year ago, so I'm only just getting back to it. Um, oh, wow. I grew up surfing. Yeah, yeah, I've played netball since I was probably about seven and um, and just multiple ankle injuries and finally got the surgery. Um, but I also grew up near the beach, so I did surf lifesaving growing up and um, and used to love surfing and that type of thing. But um, I'm a little bit of a princess at the moment. I won't get in the water if it's too cold, so I'm waiting for it to be summer here so I can get in there. <laughs> it's nearly summer there though, right? Because it's getting cold over here. We're getting the winter effects now. It's, um, I, I don't know, I don't, we have Celsius, not Fahrenheit. So it's 31 degrees tomorrow. So that's the hottest day we've had in a while, 31 degrees Celsius. So that's kind of getting into summer weather. Um, so I think I will hopefully get to the beach soon. But yeah, here in, we're really lucky. So we're, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with what's been going on with COVID here in Australia, but each state in Australia has different rules. Probably, I don't know if it's the same in America, but um, New South Wales has been in lockdown. Victoria has been in lockdown. They've had huge COVID outbreaks throughout winter. Um, but here in Western Australia, our premier um, is quite strict. And as soon as there's COVID anywhere, he shuts our borders down. So we we don't let anyone in or out of Western Australia, which means we've had, we've had no COVID over here um, in a very long time. So, we'll, you know, 
unfortunately half of Australia has been shut down and the other half of us have been very lucky. Oh, wow. That's crazy. So each, each uh, prime minister or whatever, can you guys have control over your state borders? Yeah, so there's the we have the Prime Minister of Australia who uh-huh. he um, is like the, the big dog. And mm-hmm. then each each state has its own premier who has the ability to close borders between states. So uh-huh. um, where I'm currently living in Western Australia, our premier is is quite strict. Um, I mean, I I think what he's done for us to be able to to have normal lives, you know, we will have if we have any kind of sign of COVID, he'll lo- have a lockdown for three days. And then we get out and there's there's kind of no impact on the economy or the businesses or anything like that. So that's been really good. But it also means that I haven't been home to New South Wales um, all year to see my family. So I'm missing it. So can you, can you guys actually go out? Do you able to go out to restaurants and stuff like this? Or how does that work? Yeah, so here, here in Western Australia, we have no restrictions because we haven't had a COVID case wow. in over a year. I think so. We have absolutely no restrictions, no capacity limits, no masks, no nothing. However, if you were to go to New South Wales, they just came out of lockdown on Monday. So they had everything was completely locked no restaurants, no schools, no nothing. Um, and you can't go between the two states without an exemption. Okay. Is, so is Sydney on the other side that's going yeah, through the so- lockdown? Okay. Yeah, Sydney's Sydney's in New South Wales going through the lockdown. Melbourne's in Victoria going through the lockdown. Brisbane, Brisbane has been okay, but they've had a little bit of COVID, but no lockdowns. So that's, that's crazy. Some weird times. That's wild. Very weird. What what's the COVID situation like where you guys are? Oh boy. <laughs> I just got over COVID. So yeah. oh yeah, Donna just got oh. over COVID. Like he, he was in the hospital, everything, right? Yeah, the whole nine. It was rough, but uh, man, I have a purpose. So now I've got to just maximize all my opportunities, like you were saying earlier, you know? <clears throat> yeah, it's wild out here, too. It's um, New York and California. Uh, you're, you call them premiers? We call them governors out here. Like the governor um, for each state, they call, call have governors. And so California and New York right now, they're 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 doing the mandates that you have to show your a vaccine card to go out to like restaurants and stuff, right? Uh, each other uh, like in like states that are more uh, politically leaning to the right, like Texas and Florida. There's more. It's more open, I, I believe, going on right now. I mean, it's different all across the country. Yeah, you can't tell there's COVID here in Texas. I mean, masks aren't, you know, but. Everybody's just—it's a normal. Everybody's just normal here in Texas for the most part, or in the state that I'm in. Yeah, the state of Nevada that I'm in is—it's uh, pretty—they're pretty leaning right now. The, uh, our governor just had a mandate that um, required all of us to wear masks again to go out to different mm-hmm. restaurants and stores and stuff like this. But he hasn't implemented the vaccine or the mandate for the vaccine cards yet. But um, According to like a lot of his decision making, he usually follows the governor of California, uh, typically more or less. So we might head towards the California side because yeah, we're, we're we border California, our, our state does, and so I don't know. We we might be leaning that way. I'm not sure, but yeah, it's just crazy mm-hmm. right now. Utah is different too. Utah leaning a little bit more to the right too, politically with their 
decision making, I, I believe. So, just mm. yeah, I think um, I think we have been quite blessed over here in Australia. I mean, obviously, uh, condolences to people that have lost loved ones to COVID. Um, but here in Australia, I don't think we've had almost nearly as many deaths as the UK or the US. Um, we have been quite sheltered from it. So, um, you know, hopefully the world can go back to normal soon. I think I heard that, you know, Australia might start allowing for travel soon too. So hopefully that's the case. Travel outside of Australia or into Australia? Uh, outside of Australia, I think they'll start opening up too. So we had a we had a, a bubble with New Zealand where you could travel between Australia and New Zealand freely, but that's mm -hmm. closed back up again now. So hopefully that opens as well as some other flights. <clears throat> um, wow. So people I've, can still travel. I've never been to the... Uh, within Australia? Uh, no, like, so if I were to come to Australia, I'd be able to. Or... Uh, no, I think you'd need to get an exemption. And then when you get to Australia, you have to do hotel quarantine for two weeks. Okay. Oh. Yeah. So I don't think there's actually very many flights coming into Australia right now. I think even if you can get on a flight um, or even if you can book a ticket on a flight, it could be cancelled because there aren't very many flights being let in. Hmm. I think that it goes for like pretty much all the islands, you know, they're like limiting people that are coming in or keeping a close watch on them just to keep the numbers down you know or yeah i don't risk, think there's the, been a the case of covid level. in tonga either no i heard that i thought that they've been very yeah i didn't think there was any covid in tonga hopefully it stays that way because i feel unfortunately i think fiji has had um quite a few cases wow yeah hopefully it does but I, I, don't, I don't think they got the medicine to treat covid no exactly i think that you know they don't have the infrastructure or the facilities to be able to facilitate a covid outbreak so hopefully but as soon as i can travel or australians are allowed to travel i've never been to the u.s so um you'll have to give me a bucket list for my travel when i finally get to the u.s yeah absolutely absolutely, absolutely. we see you you like through your feed you you've traveled quite a bit like where are some of your favorite places you you've been to uh well yeah i was lucky enough to live in london for two years and when i was living in london i traveled a lot of europe um so you know anywhere that's hot i love the beach so anywhere that's warm but one of the one of my favorite trips actually was to germany to oktoberfest um <laughs> Ooh. yeah that was a bucket list item and um there's actually this video of me and I so my dad played rugby and when you play rugby uh at the end of the game they nominate the, the players that have played the best on the team and they have to do what's called a boat race so the men on the teams uh, st stand and line up so I think there's you know five men on one team five men on another and it's a beer sculling race um, so growing up, we'd watch my dad play rugby and then we'd go, you know, to the presentations after the game and they'd have this beer sculling competition. And I remember watching it and me and the kids sitting around watching our dads, we'd then practice with lemonade. So when I went to Oktoberfest, there were all these guys that kept standing on the table and sculling a beer and everyone in the beer hall was cheering for them. Like all these hundreds of people, they'd scull um, a stein of beer 
and just get up there and skull it and everyone was cheering and I thought to myself you know what I've been training for this day since I was a 10 year old girl <laughs> I'm gonna have a go at this <laughs> so I grabbed a stein of beer I stood on a table and I started sculling and a girl about an hour beforehand had tried and she failed and everyone booed her and then I got up there started sculling my beer and there's this video and the whole beer hall is just watching me and then as I'm sculling 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 the whole hall just starts to erupt and all these people are like in shock that I'm sculling a whole stein of beer and by the end of it um, everyone's just cheering and it's funny because that's actually one of the videos out of everything I've done. That's one of the videos I'm most proud of was selling a beer at October 1st. <laughs> All the lemonade training. Uh, <laughs> All the lemonade training really paid off at October 1st. Cheers. So, yeah, I, yeah, I loved Germany. Um, that was good. If it, I mean, if it wasn't 3 a.m. in the morning for you guys, I'd say we should grab a beer now. But <laughs> Hey, notice what are you holding? Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's done now, but <laughs> yeah, that is hilarious. Yeah, Germany, I've always wanted to go to Germany. Did you, uh, Munich, Munich, I want to go to that city someday. I really like Munich. Yeah, yeah, Munich was great. And then obviously, like, I mean, I Croatia and Greece were beautiful, the beaches there, and the food in Italy. I love Italian food. Give me all the pasta. Dang, <laughs> You know, a lot of, you know what I, I learned about Croatia, I have some Croatian friends and I didn't know that Croatia has some beautiful beaches. Like it's, it's warm there, right? Yeah, really warm. And it's absolutely beautiful. Have any of you watched Game of Thrones? Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, this, this, you know, uh, what's the, the city where the, the main city in Game of Thrones, Westeros. where the castle is? Oh, yeah, wow, and then there's the city. Yeah, so where the city, where the city is, where Cersei Lannister lives, and um, you know all those buildings that are kind of like red, and they've got the the castle um look. Well, that's actually in Croatia. That's all filmed in Croatia. Oh wow, that's dope. Yeah, yeah. I so you can actually um do you can do a tour. Um, you can actually do tours like Game of Thrones themed tours when you're in Croatia. That's right. dope. I plan. Yeah, did you do? Did you try out? Have you seen it? The tour. I didn't do the tour. When I went to Croatia, I did one of those, um, you know, like sail Croatia, where you you're on a boat with like a lot of under thirty year olds, and you're there having lots of drinks and partying. So I didn't do the tour, <laughs> but I did do. I walked around the city by myself. There's a there's a um, Game of Thrones tour in Ireland that I researched that I actually want to go try to try to go do too. So Croatia and Ireland, two uh, bucket lists. Yeah. yeah, both beautiful. Uh, See, the best part about highly this recommend. podcast, the best part about this podcast is we have Jon Snow here. Tonk and Jon Snow. Yep, Shona. Shona, Shona Jon Snow, what's up? <laughs> Yeah, it's him laughing right now. That's Tech. Tech has this long, luscious hair. When he puts it down, it's like it looks like Jon Snow's hair from the. He looks like Jon Snow when you put it down. Like he puts his. his hair down. <laughs> so we all we always call him Jon Snow. Like, and he has no idea not. who he is. And I have no idea who he is because I've never seen Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> He's never seen Game. Of, you have to watch Game of Thrones. Oh, it's amazing. 
Yeah, that's what everyone keeps telling me, but I just never have the chance to sit down and watch it. Yeah, you yeah. and you know what? It's one weekend. of those shows. It's one of those shows you really have to concentrate on. Like, I think I had to watch the first episode two or three times to get my head around what was happening. Yeah, I just never had the time to see it. I'll, maybe one day I'll watch it. But we'll see. Yeah, so they keep calling me Jon Snow, and I have no idea who this guy is. <laughs> he's, he's a good-looking guy. Take that. Hey, hey, there you go, there you go, there you go. That's all that matters, Tech. Yeah. The star of the series, too, you know? So. Does that mean that you're the star of the podcast? Oh, no. I'm far from the star. <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy. Hey, hey, you mentioned that you um, that you and your family moved back to Toma and stayed there for three years. Mm. Um, do you still speak the language? Unfortunately, I've lost a lot of my Tongan. I when we lived there, I obviously picked up a lot of Tongan. I will I can, can tell you now though, I'm the unfortunately not a very good Tongan dancer. Um, <laughs> I did Tongan dancing lessons. And they taught them in Tongan. I didn't really understand. And apparently I was the naughtiest girl there when I was five years old. But um, <laughs> I've, I've tried again. I'm just, you know, I think Tongan dancing is just amazing. And, and it looks so beautiful. But unfortunately, I'm not graceful enough. But um, in terms of speaking Tongan, I, I wish that I could speak Tongan better. Uh, when I was growing up, sort of my dad said, oh, you won't actually have a need for speaking Tongan. You don't need to learn Tongan. And I tried. And it was really difficult because I didn't grow up around, you know, a lot of Tongan cousins or anything. Um, so I did lose it a lot. However, when I go to Tonga, I can, or, you know, I'm around Tongan family, I can pick up the gist of a conversation. And I think, you know, if I went back there for six months, I'd hopefully be fluent again. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, there is uh, any other languages did you pick up through your travels? Not really, because I was older. If I was going to learn any language, it would be Tongan. Um, I can sing a little bit of the national anthem, though. <laughs> um, but, yeah, if I was going to nice. learn any language now, it would be Tongan. I think, you know, it, it's, it, it was tough because it, when I was growing up, I think the world was less connect connected. I mean, I grew up very Palangi and my dad said, you know, you won't actually need, you won't need to learn Tongan. You won't need to know much Tongan. And, I really wish that I'd pushed him harder on that at the time because now we have a group chat on Facebook with our family from around the world and they all write in Tongan in the, in the Facebook group. And if I want to know what something someone's saying, I have to ask my dad. Um, so, you know, I wish that he'd had the, I guess, if, I wish that he had known that I would actually need it because I find it hard now to converse with some of my family members, particularly over social media. Um, but yeah, maybe one day when I have kids and he's a grandpa, he'll be um, he'll be able to teach them. But I live so far away from him now, so it's hard to learn as an adult. I wonder if they have uh, you know, those those different programs about learning Tongan or not not learning Tongan, but uh, what is it called? Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone. Do you know if they have a Rosetta Stone for Tongan? I'm yeah. sure they do. Yeah, I think oh. they have it for everything. Yeah, that'd be dope to pick it there's, up. Um, there's actually a, so here here in Perth, there's actually um, a guy that I've met. He's Tongan and his wife is Tongan. Anyway, he plays 
professional rugby union for the Western Force, which is the team over here. And he also plays for the Australian Wallabies in rugby union. Mm. Um, so I sort of said to him, you know, he's just left for Europe with the team. But I said, when you guys, when you come back, um, you and your wife should teach me, help me with my Tongan and teach me because she, um, she's uh, only recently moved to Australia from Tonga. So hopefully they might be able to help me with my Tongan uh, speaking and maybe also being able to cook some Polynesian food. Nice. Is your family in Perth with you or like your, your mom and dad, are they, are they on the other side of Australia? Do you have any siblings? Yeah, so my my mum and dad both live on the other side of Australia. So they live in New South Wales. Uh, the town is called Foster. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, if you want to Google it and have a look, I can tell you how to spell it. But it's such a beautiful city. So my mum and my dad both live there separately. So it's about four hours north of Sydney. Um, so, yes, yeah, so they are both healthy over there, um, not in lockdown don't, at the moment, which is nice. And I speak to them all the time. Um, and then my dad is, my dad's remarried. My dad married um, a, a Tongan woman named Brenda. She's lovely. We get on really well. Um, and then I have one, one younger brother. Uh, his name is Tim and he lives in Byron Bay. So that's, well, I, I want to say maybe it's kind of just on the New South Wales side of the New South Wales, Queensland border. Um, so maybe about, eight hours, nine hours north of Sydney, I want to say, drive. Oh, dang, okay. Yeah, so he was he was actually born, um, uh, so when we were living in Tonga, my mum flew back to Australia to have him in an Australian hospital, but then flew straight back with him as a baby. So he was pretty much born in Tonga. And then uh, then we moved back to Australia. And then when he was 16, he went back to Tonga and um, and lived over there for about a year with some family because... He wanted to do, do a year in Tonga. Um, but, yeah, no, we're both here now in Australia. Okay. Shout out to Tim. What's up, Tim? Shout out to Tim. <laughs> Shout out to Tim, yeah. It's funny <laughs> because um, he literally he literally got, you know, obviously it translates to Timote, but um, he got Tim and I got Leilani, which is so different. Everyone always laughs and they're kind of like, how did you get such a unique name? And then your brother got named Tim. I was like, that's just what my parents liked. <laughs> that's funny. You know, I had a question about um, you choosing to go into broadcast media or journalism. Um, did you, um, like, how did you get, were you exposed to that previously before you decided to go into, to look into that for your studies? How did you get into it? Uh, I guess growing up, I've always been really, really confident, really outgoing. I've always put myself out there um, and put myself on the spot in those type of situations. And I was a really good public speaker um, and really good at presenting. So I think when I was looking into it, I thought, you know, media was a good opportunity for me. I loved sport. I loved music. I loved, you know, entertainment. Um, you know, you watch things like E! or... Um, you know, TV shows and things like that. And I thought, you know, that's something I'd really like to do. So um, the opportunity arose for me to apply for a scholarship and I did and um, and I got it. So I thought, okay, well, this is, this is obviously it. And, you know, over those first three years when I was studying broadcast journalism, it was always going to be sort of TV for me. That's, that's really what I wanted. But then I think over that time as well, 
things sort of change and you know as I learned more about media and how all of the different types of media come together that's when I kind of started to go okay there's more than just tv I where you know I came from a family where um so I'm the first I guess in my in my family to go to university my dad unfortunately didn't have the luxury of finishing school in Tonga um my mum made the decision to finish school in year 10 um grade 10 here so didn't finish uh senior high school so for me I you know university for me was a no-brainer I was lucky to grow up with all of the resources that I needed to to then go out and get that scholarship academically for uni um so it was a no-brainer to to go to uni itself um but I think at the same time I wasn't I was in a small town and I didn't have parents who were in the corporate world so I actually wasn't um, exposed to knowing exactly what I wanted to do or exactly what things were out there career-wise um, and as much as you can speak to a career advisor unless you're immersed in something or or whatever it might be then you don't know for sure I was so lucky though that I went and studied media and I fell in love with it but I completely understand you know when people are going through high school or school or even have just finished high school and wondering what to do next when they're really confused about what to do um, I think there's a lot of pressure I'm not sure about in the US but there's so much pressure here in Australia to know what you want to want to do after school or um, you know go straight to uni out of high school and I was lucky I went straight up to uni out of high school university college out of high school um, and fell into what I wanted to do but I can see how people sometimes make the wrong choice and then they need to change and I think there's there's no problem with going to university or college later once you know exactly what you want to do or once you've gone and had a little bit of life experience so that you're not wasting those school fees or um, wasting your time you know you can you can go and learn things later go and experience life first if that's what's best for you yeah do you know is um because here in our college system there's a lot of uh i mean and the reason why coach helps these young men out is trying to get scholarships right do you find that like the, the education system in Australia, are you guys dealing with a lot of like debt um, where kids, um, they accumulate all this debt just to try to go to uni or, or how does uni, how does the education system work as far as uh, being able to pay for or afford an education out there? Yeah, I think that we are very lucky here in Australia and I, you know, it's been a number of years since I've had to put myself through the process but in Australia you can choose to go to university and when you choose to go to university you either pay up front um, whether you've saved for it or whether your parents have saved for it um, or you can put it on what's called a help loan which is a higher education loan program that's what it help stands for mm -hmm. um, and what that means is the government pays for your university degree and then you have this debt um, to the government and then every when you work when you enter full-time work once you start earning over a certain amount of money in annually then the government will start taking money out of your salary with tax so to be perfectly honest i still have a help debt so i still have a debt to the government for part of my degree that my scholarship didn't cover mm. but it actually gets taken out of my pay with my tax and i don't notice it mm. um so we're very lucky here in australia that if you decide to go to university I, I would say that all of my friends have gone to university um, and all of them are probably still paying off their help debts. I don't think any of their parents would have paid for it up front. Um, so I think that, you know, we're very lucky that we have that scheme in place um, to help us go to university and, and not be in any kind of financial stress. But in saying that, mm -hmm. I got my help 
loan. I um, also got part, part of a scholarship, so that helps pay for some of my accommodation and things like that. Um, and at one stage at uni, I still had three jobs. I didn't, I didn't wow. need to have three jobs, but um, you know, I would do um, some work at uh, at the university um, in student support. So I'd be on the phones asking students if they were okay and if they needed directions to get the support that they needed from the university. Um, I then worked in a cafe sometimes on weekends, and sometimes I'd work in a bar at night. Um, and I didn't actually need to have all of those jobs. I just wanted to be able to save some money at the same time. And, and I actually liked being busy and I had the time to do it. Um, but, you know, that's not everyone. People can't handle work and study. I think you've got to find the right balance for you. So you're a hustler. Play straight yeah. up. <laughs> I'm a hustler, baby. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. My friends call me Leonce. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> wow. Leonce. <laughs> so just along the same lines, just to get this question out too. Um, you're like breaking these barriers, like first Tongan, you know, Miss Universe Australia, first Tongan on The Bachelor. Um, and a side note, is there going to be like a spinoff like Leilani, The Bachelorette, or something like that coming up soon? Uh, I don't know. Watch this space. I mean, I'm, I'm still single, um, but, you know, I'm, I'm 29 and I'm just living my best life. I'm just enjoying life. I think that when I was younger, I put a bit, you know, pressure on myself to be in a relationship. And I think that since doing Miss Universe and since um, doing The Bachelor, I think that those those two things were quite big experiences for me um, and really sort of put things into perspective. And now as a 29 year old woman, I'm, I'm kind of really comfortable in the person that I am, all of the things that I've done. And, um, you know, I went on The Bachelor at the time last year looking for love. I'm still open to looking for love, but at the same time, you know, it, it'll, it'll find me at the right time. I'm very happy focusing on my career and my friendships and my relationships with my family for now. But um, if the opportunity came up to do a reality show again and I was, you know, if it was a, a romance reality show and I'm still single, then I wouldn't say no. You hear that? TV? NBC? We got to plug it. You know, we got to plug it. You heard it here first. Leonce beats yeah, the I'm, USA. I, I was just about... I was just about to say there's going to be some good look, good looking young single eligible bachelors in a, in in the US. So maybe uh, the Bachelor US should bring me over. There you go, NBC. You heard it here first. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. You, you're the one that's really good at collaborating two different parties. So let's it's our turn now. Let's get it done, guys. Yeah, let's get it done. <laughs> yeah, we'll start it. Um, what is it like a? One of those polls that you sign up to online. <laughs> exactly. So how much of that was rigged? Like, um, like where you have the producers telling you, okay, I need you to go. No, that's a good question. Yeah, let's Hold hear up. that. I want to hear this. No, Take your no. time. Take your time. Because Tech and I, we worked on, uh, you know, we worked on sets of uh, reality TV shows. And, you know, all the producers are like, hey, need you over here. Block this shot over there. So how much of that was or like not staged but produced produced yeah at the end of the day the day it's a tv show so the whole thing's produced however what you say and what you do are your actions um i think that the big thing that 
viewers don't understand is that yes everything you do and everything you say is you however we're filmed you know sometimes 15 hours a day and we're filmed say 15 hours a day six days a week and you see three hours of our lives I mean um, if five minutes of my personality from an entire week or two minutes of my personality from an entire week was being shown on TV to someone and it was the two minutes where I was having a really bad day, said something a little bit nasty, was a bit snappy. And that's what they did every week. Of course, I'm going to look like the villain. So I think that, you know, I always <laughs> say to people that what you see is what someone has said or done, but you don't have all the context and it's not their entire personality. Um, I, I had a really great experience though. Like I loved my time on The Bachelor. I've made some of the most amazing friends. Um, I'm still friends with... Lockie, who was The Bachelor on my season, and Irina, who won, they're still together and absolutely in love. And, and I still see them. They're actually living here in Perth. Um, the thing that I tell people about the show being produced, because everyone says to me, the number one question is, is the show scripted? And it's not. And we're not actors. But what happens is, say I'm sitting here having a conversation with someone who's sitting opposite me. And they say, and say the camera is um, behind them. So where you guys are. And then they say, um, this person here that I'm talking to says something really funny, but the camera people don't get it from the front. What they'll say is, so they'll let us finish our conversation. And then they'll say, oh, wait, sorry, you, um, by the way, we need to do a pickup. We need to move the camera around the other side so we can get you saying this from the front. This is what you said and you have to repeat it. Oh, and because okay. you're not an actor, the second time you say it, it sounds like it's scripted. Um, and that's what we call pickup lines. So essentially they say, hey, guys, we're going to do some pickup lines. So you actually have a really natural conversation and then they go and do the pickups from front on. So that's why it sounds scripted sometimes. It's not, but of course, not being actors, the second time we say something, it doesn't sound as good. Ah, that makes sense now. Yes. Yeah. But they do, they do plenty of setups. So they'll say, um, you know, hey, you three girls, can you go sit over here and can you talk about this topic? So they'll give you a topic, but they won't give you a line to say, but they will sit there and tell you what to talk about. So, you know, they'll, they'll steer the conversation in the direction that they want. That's what's up. Yeah, so it was unusual. Um, when, I, when we watch TV, those TV shows, right, those programs, you already know, like, what's going on, all the blocking or whatever, but that's cool. You had a nice experience with that, with that show. I was yeah I was lucky and that's the thing I said to myself going on was you know when I we went into filming I was 27 I feel like I had enough life experience to carry myself well and I sort of said to myself you know just be yourself on here and then you know if you if it's if they pick up negativity well then they pick up negativity but the people who love you and the people who know you they value you and they know what your personality is like um, I actually didn't end up being, I wasn't on the show for that long. So not a lot of my personality came out on the show. Um, but I, you know, I got really positive media feedback from what was there. Um, so I don't know, you know, things change. Like I, there are people that do one show and then the second, then they don't, you know, that's really positive and then they might do a second reality show and the second time is, is really negative. So, you, you know, you've just got to go in there knowing that those things can happen. And I think working in media and working in broadcast. Um, gave me that experience and that confidence to go in there knowing what to expect. And I think there are girls that go in and do these shows and they, you know, they go in and do them at 22, 23 and, you know, they just aren't prepared for, I guess, the experience. Like we go in 
and we don't have access to we don't have access to TV, to phones, to internet, to anything. It's literally just you and twenty two other girls living in a house, um, all you know, falling in love with the same guy. Um, you know, it, it's emotions are heightened, and there's bound to be drama. Of course, you're not there to get along with everyone. Would you do it again? You said you might. If something, if an opportunity came up again, you probably try to jump on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, I would at this stage. I mean, obviously, it would depend where, where my career is at. at the time. I was in a position where I could quit my job to go away and film. Um, you know, right now I'm, I'm chasing my career dreams. I don't know if I'd want to put a pause on that, but we'll see. How was the Miss Universe pageant? How was that? Like, that just seems like something huge, right? International. Yeah. yeah, I guess pageants here in Australia are very different to what they're like in the US. And I think that we do have that sort of pageant. We do have certain pageants, I think, that are like that. But Miss Universe Australia is, is, is really different. Miss Universe Australia, I think, is really about um, empowering real women, not women that have trained to be in a pageant their entire lives. Uh, um, and that's one thing that I yeah so you know I have had I'd had no modeling experience no pageant experience and that's what Miss Universe Australia um, they really encourage you know normal girls to kind of come forward and and you know people who kind of embody what an Australian woman really is and not someone who's had pageant training so growing up I had watched Miss Universe you know all these times on the TV um, I watched Jennifer Hawkins who was probably the most famous Miss Universe Australia. I watched her win and I remember thinking, oh my gosh, you know, these girls are amazing. They, I used to put a pair of high heels on when I was about 10 years old <laughs> and walking up and down the, <laughs> walk up and down the hallway practicing. And then um, when I finished university, I was, you know, actually um, quite a bit, I suppose, bigger than I am now. I would say I was overweight for, from my perspective, I was quite overweight. Um, I just kind of, you know, not, not been living a healthy lifestyle. I was drinking a lot of alcohol. I was, um, eating pretty badly, not eating really healthy. Um, uh, you know, not working out, just kind of had gotten into a really unhealthy lifestyle. So I was actually about 15 to 20 kilos heavier than I am now. Um, and had put on a lot of weight and, you know, that was something that for me, I never thought was going to change. Um, everyone was kind of like, oh, you know, you know, Polynesian women don't, aren't always skinny, you know, this is, this is you. And I was like, okay, kind of thought, okay, maybe this is my body type and this is how I'm going to always look. And I, you know, I was fine with that, but I would say that I think that the way, what I was putting into my body was making me unhappy as well. So then I actually ended up, I, I started weight training. I fell in love with the gym, absolutely love training weights. Um, you know, started playing netball again, eating healthy, just living a healthier a better lifestyle as an adult and I ended up losing sort of 15 to 20 kilos and when that happened I sort of I think I saw an ad for Miss Universe Australia and I thought to myself well why why not me why not me a woman who's been on had a weight loss journey you know a, a Tongan woman who has had the opportunity to achieve a lot in life but also has so much more to give mm. why not I guess go go for this so I put in an application, um, didn't think it would go anywhere. And then a couple of months later, they sort of said, you know, welcome to the Miss Universe Australia program. Um, and then from there, you know, you go through the processing and go through the state finals process. Wow. 
Congratulations on that. That's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. That's I was, I think, yeah, it, it, it is. And I was, you know, I think that um, I, I actually was a, a finalist in Miss Universe Australia two years. And um, after the first, so the first year, I had, I, it was an amazing experience for me. All of the workshops, all of the programs, all of the sponsors, all of the girls you get to meet, the whole thing was amazing. And then um, I kind of got, I, you know, not knocked out, but I suppose, you know, I didn't make it to the next stage. And I remember I was a little bit upset about that. And um, and this was in, it would, it would have been 2000, the start of 2019, I think it was. Um, and then I ended up going to Tonga with my dad over Easter that year. So dad and I went to Tonga. I hadn't been back for 10 years. And I guess I had gone through this amazing experience and then I felt a little bit down on myself. And then I went to Tonga and I saw that the way that some of these young, young girls and young women looked at me and, you know, I was talking to them and we were taking photos and, and sharing our lives together. And I just kind of thought, wow, you know what? Like, yeah, I didn't make it to the next stage, but I am talking to these young girls and telling them that they can go to university, um, that they can have a, a great career in whatever they choose, that they can, um, you know, follow their dreams. And then they could be Miss Universe Australia or enter Miss Universe Australia. And these girls were so inspired and it actually made me realize that I wanted to try again the following year, which I did. And I think that that's something that, you know, behind me, I've always got this, this passion and in the back of the mind, my mind, you know, having those experiences with um, the people in Tonga and my family in Tonga, you know, those are some of the reasons that I do what I do and try and better myself and inspire others. That's awesome. And it's incredible. How do you, how were you able to develop your, your mindset to be able to have that fortitude to be, you know, to enter, enter the pageant? And I think um, I am I'm very lucky to have a really strong support network. My mum and dad have always been incredible. I mean, um, you know, one of my, my biggest achievements for me was I remember um, uh, I was, I think I was probably a 10 or 11 and um and I was entering a spelling competition and um it was one of those spelling competitions where you get up on stage you choose a word and you you spell the word out loud and you go through all of these um steps and go to the next stage anyway I remember being in my school hall and I had gotten down to the final two of this spelling competition and it, whoever made it actually got to go to taken to Sydney and got to be on TV on a national spelling competition and I remember standing there and I, it was me and someone else from another school and I remember looking and my dad was sitting up in the back row and I mean I, I'm 10 or 11 years old in a stupid spelling competition it's not really the biggest deal in the world and I spelt the word correctly and my dad broke down crying and I just thought to myself you know having someone who's so proud of me just to spelling words correctly. And I guess getting to go to this national competition at 10 or 11, I was like, for me, you know, I want that. I want that reaction from my dad. I want to make him proud, even if it is just a spelling competition. Um, you know, for me, that's the end goal, making my family proud and myself proud as well, but I'll never forget that spelling competition. <laughs> that's hilarious. Could you yeah. see, was he, you, you could see him like, what was your reaction when you saw him? Um... Yeah, do you know what? Every time, like anytime I talk about my dad, like I feel like I just get really emotional because I just love him so much. Like he's always, 
he and my mom have always been like my number one supporters, but, um, and I'm very close with both of my parents in different ways, but I just, you know, imagine seeing this big, dark teddy bear, big Tongan man. And I just feel that, you know, seeing him, seeing him brought to tears by his daughter in a spelling bee for me, that just makes me quite emotional. <laughs> That's awesome. Shout out to Pops. What's your dad's name? Uh, my dad's name is, he goes by John, but it's Suane. Hello, <laughs> oh, Uncle Suane. What's up, <laughs> Uncle A? Hey, shout out to you, big dog. <laughs> and there's no better feeling to make your parents proud of you, you know? Just to have yeah. see your parents smile and just to see that look on their face that that's my that's that's my kid. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. And I mean, as it's definitely, and I mean, you know, now that I'm an adult, I can appreciate all the sacrifices that my parents made for me to be able to succeed. Um, and you know, when I have kids, hopefully I'll be making this, you know, the same kind of sacrifices and hopefully I'm the same as my parents, but I'm sure you guys would be, you know, the same in being so grateful for, you know, what you, what your parents would be were able to provide for you. Yeah. Because our parents went through a lot, you know, they did make a lot of sacrifices, give us the life that we, that they wanted us to have, you know, a better life, better than what they had. It, but. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, you know, hear my dad talking about stories of, you know, being in Tonga and, and that type of thing. And, um, and, you know, I'm so, so lucky to have to be able to go to school and to not have to quit school to work to support my family and that type of thing. And, you know, I, I send my love out to everyone who does do that and my appreciation to them because I just think, you know, that that's amazing. And, you know, however I can give back, hopefully I can give back one day. And I know that my dad feels the same, but um, yeah, parents are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to your parents. So, yeah. <laughs> Shoot, I can see my dad. I can see my dad laughing, smiling too, because I had the wheelbarrow and it was underneath that little the little seat my dad was coming out, and I didn't even spill one drop. You know what I'm saying? And there's rocks and there's like I didn't spill one drop, and my pops look at me, smile. <laughs> Good job, son. That's what I'm talking about. You know, but that's you know that's just how how we grew up, just yachting our whole lives. That's what it's about. Anyway, you can get it, man. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And you know, um another great thing is uh what what we appreciate about you is that you're a a, a, a not I would say modern woman. You're Tongan, modern living pursuing your dreams. And we hope that we can like inspire the all the all the you know the girls from the islands, all the other kids that they can actually do and pursue what you're doing. They have that avenue. You know, a lot of people think that, you know, just, I don't know, they, I don't, we want to expose the kids to having different avenues to pursue, like broadcast. Think outside the box. Yeah, think outside the box. That's the one. Yeah. That's well, the number one. Nine to five and. Yeah. There's more to it. You can, we have so much talent, so much, uh, like we come from a strong bloodline of, of rich uh, ancestry, right? I said we said that I talked about a little bit about this in our last podcast, but we come from seafarers that navigated the biggest oceans in the world, right? Our ancestors—that—that's our—that's the ancestry we come from. And to see you pursuing your dreams and and, and you know doing what you love in in, a, in typically a field that's uh, 
more or less uh, more heavy Caucasian, you know. Like you said, blonde haired, skinny, you know. Like, like you were saying, yeah, we want to expose our, our people to that, that they can pursue that and be successful in it. And, which, and, and it's one of the number one reasons why we wanted to reach out to you so you can, can, can talk about that and show that, right? I don't know, I'm blabbing. Yeah. But. Um, I just, I think like the, the other thing as well is that, um, you know, one person's success isn't just their success which is something that I, you know, I strongly believe in and, and everyone who says to me, you know, what's your advice? And I say, lean on other people, you know, or, or use, not use in a bad way, but, you know, use your connections or other people ask for advice because the only way that you're going to learn and the only way that you're going to grow is, is with help from other people. And for me, you know, if I, if I need something, I'm not scared to ask, but likewise, if someone asks me for advice or if they want support in something, I'm always happy to to mentor or, or offer something. So, you know, especially us as Polynesian people and, and Tongan women or as, as Tongans, you know, reaching out to each other and using those connections and networking, I think is really important because, you know, we're all so supportive of, of what one another are doing. And I'm not, I'm, I'm a fan of healthy competition, but I don't think that, you know, I'm in competition with another woman or another Tongan woman, you know, one woman's success or one Tongan's success is, is my success as well. So I think that, you know, if you're successful, there is a whole a whole room of people that have helped you become successful. Yeah, we're cheering you on. Like same thing when Notice said we're gonna have you on. You know, we kind of do our research, and I was like, man, she's like breaking the mold, breaking the barrier, first of her kind, or you know, our kind on these different stages. That made me proud. You know, like thou 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 proud. You know what I'm saying? Like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, thank yeah. you. Yeah, we're always cheering you on. We want to see you succeed. We want to, like you said, we're excited when people level up. Even even in our group chat, like we got this little workout thing going, and we always send you know our little hey, I did my push-ups today, and that everyone else in that in the chat group was like hell yeah, because I'm sitting on the couch like I don't want to do my push-ups. I'm sore right now. <laughs> when you see when you see that you're in it together with somebody, and they. You're cheering them on. You know you're getting the same energy. So, yeah, teamwork makes the dream work. Yeah, you have yeah. good energy. You have very good energy. Sure. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Leonce, man, any, I gotta. Any... Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, girl, go ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna say, if if any of your listeners, you know, Tongan, not Tongan, female, male, um, you know, want any advice, especially if you're in Australia or just want to to talk or anything or just have you know a bit of a networking session um my, you know my dms are always open nice oh well, yeah that's a good that's uh, huge great point yeah how can they get a hold of you what's the best way uh what's your social media or how can our listeners follow you yeah instagram is the easiest for me if you uh just send me a dm on instagram at leilani vakahi um, you know, I, within a couple of days, we'll get back to all DMs, um, answer any questions or, you know, if you just want to tell me what your life is like, or, you know, ask anything, I'm always, I'm here. I love having a chat. As you can tell, I like to talk a lot. See? If you want a scully lemonade, hit her up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you want tips on how to, if you want tips on sculling a beer, let me know. <laughs> Three, two, one. <laughs> we gotta see that video now. Do you have that video? 
You have it? Yeah, oh I'll uh, I'll send yeah, I'll send you yeah. a bit. I'll send you a copy of it. Yeah, that's hilarious. So you said you're gonna uh, no go ahead, Tom. I'm sorry. No, no, no. No, you're go ahead, bro. No, I just I was just gonna ask a follow-up question because you um 52 stories you said you're about to repel down. Yeah, yeah. So I mean over over my time I've had like I've always loved sort of getting involved in various different initiatives and you know raising money for various different charities through Miss Universe Australia I was able to raise money for a charity called Toy Box which raises money for um, you know Australia, young Australians in need for kids for children's charities um, you know I was also a, a competitor or well, not really a competitor but um, an entrant in the V8 supercars Miss V8 supercars when I was at university and I was I raised money for um, kids with a disability then um, and I've always been quite passionate about raising money so when I saw the opportunity to um, you know take up this opportunity to abseil down 52 buildings and all I had to do was raise money for charity I was like okay well why not I can kill two birds with one stone I can um, raise money for Anglicare WA which is a charity um, over here that raises money and it goes to lots of different things to help the people of Western Australia whether that's homelessness people with mental health all of that type of thing so it's a really well-rounded charity um, so raising money for them and then I'll be abseiling down the what's called the Central Park building here in Perth mm -hmm. 52 stories um, on a Friday morning and I have never abseiled in my life so I have a wow. practice session in a couple of weeks. Um, I heard that it takes a lot of upper body strength, um, which, you know, I don't have a lot of upper body strength. I, I do my squats, but I don't really do many bicep curls. So it's going to be a challenge. So you're not afraid of heights then, I take it. <laughs> you know what? I'm one of those people that will be like, I love heights. You know, I've jumped out of a plane. I've, I've done this. I've done that. I'll say that I love it. And then as soon as I get up there, I'm going to be shaking. <laughs> but you know what? It, it's, it's the adrenaline rush will be great. And you know what, I'll be able to, you know, it's, it's all about the experiences and the stories. I think like I, um, I, I'm one of my things is, you know, experienced life. Um, you know, I would prefer to have a lot of experiences and a lot of amazing memories to have a lot, than have a lot of material things. And, you know, this is one of those things that will tick a box for me being able to say that I've, I've sailed down a building. That's what's up. So are you going to do it by yourself or you, will you have someone hard your harness to or how, how are they uh, setting uh, you up? Yeah, so I think that four people, you get harnessed up and four people do it at a time. So um, it's actually like a program that they do once a year here in Perth. Um, and it's the first people to register, get to do it. So yeah, four people at a time. And um, I'm not really sure, I, you know, it's, I'm hoping it's safe. But uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know that. Yes. It's kind of like, it'll have like, there'll be branding everywhere for the charity and people at the top and people at the bottom. And I'm pretty sure someone will film it. Um, so yeah, one month to go. I'm, I'm actually starting to get scared. And the more that I sit out on my balcony and, and look at it, the more I think, am I crazy? <laughs> yeah. Cause you should just the, crazy. Yeah. Straight up, man. I would never do that. <laughs> Not even on a good day, but shoot, you never know. <laughs> Not even for a charity. Come on, man. That's that 52 stories. <laughs> is it going to be uh, televised or is there a link that we can watch it on? I don't think that it'll be televised, but if there's a video, I'll, I'll let sure, uh, make sure I send it your way. Um, 
yeah, hopefully, hopefully it'll probably be a video of just me crying because I'm going to be so scared, but no, <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> and then you're saying you're you're doing a practice run. Are you doing a practice run on that same building or? No, I think it's sort of like you get to go to like a rock climbing center and they kind of teach you how to you climb up and then they teach you how to abseil down. So very miniature version indoors. So um, yeah, it's for big, it's for beginners. But from what I've heard, because it's so, so high up um, and you're kind of holding all of your weight almost in your arms um, and letting yourself down, apparently you have to stop quite a lot as you go down because it, your arms just get really, really sore. More power to you, sister. So, <laughs> For real. Luck on that. What um have you uh, have you have you any of you guys ever jumped out of a plane or anything like that before? Man, I had trouble I jumping off uh, block fences growing up, so I never made it higher than a you know your backyard wall. I just hated that feeling when you landed and your legs got all tingly. <laughs> so. <laughs> I never went any higher unless it was a swimming pool I was jumping into. <laughs> I wish. Man. I when I, when I, that was it. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to go to Hawaii. That's on my bucket list. That's got to be the first state because it's the closest to you, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely going to Hawaii. But when, when I told my dad, so I told my dad that I was going to be doing this um, abseiling down the down the building for charity and he was like I said it's 52 stories he said it's fine he's like I used to climb coconut trees to get a coconut all the time it was fine <laughs> I was like I don't think any coconut trees are 52 stories high dad shout out to the Toko Soane what's up Soane <laughs> shout out to Pops <laughs> <laughs> well, I had a question cool. about uh what go back to uh, you giving the advice um so to me it sounds like your passion is in branding whether it's uh, branding partnerships for athletes or for business and broadcast media for someone that's barely starting out in like like us like podcast what would you recommend like them to start building a brand what would you what would your advice be to where to start at uh, authenticity, 100%. I think that um, consumers, your audience, you know, whether that be on a podcast or on a radio show or on social media, if you aren't authentic and if you're putting something out to the world that's not genuine, then people aren't going to like it because you don't like it. So I think if, you, if you're going to put something out to the world and you want them to love it, you need to love it as well. Um, so I think as you know, the first starting point in building a brand is is authenticity for me. And I think that you know, once you've got that right, that that builds that's kind of the foundation of, of any any product or any brand is making sure that it's authentic. And then from there, you can you can build out. Um, you know, if you are passionate about what you do um, or you love it, use that as the foundation. Be authentic, and then you can start creating your niche from there. Um, or you can start tightening things up and investing time in certain things and then constantly uh, evaluating yourself. I think, you know, listening to yourself back or having a look at what you're producing and saying, um, you know, okay, how can I make this better? Inviting feedback or constructive criticism. 
Um, you know, nobody gets to where they are without reevaluating what they're doing and or making mistakes and then learning from them. I've made so many mistakes across my career or across my time. And, you know, the only way that I've gotten better at anything is going, okay, I made that mistake, owning up, owning that mistake and then going, okay, well, what can I learn from it? Okay. So be authentic and, that'll, and then everything else will fall into place. Then you start yeah, building. and do it. Just do it. I think do it. I think that so many people get bogged down in, you know, oh, but what about this or what about that? If you have an idea or if you want to do something, just take the first step. Then just do it. Yeah, absolutely. Just do it. There are things that I wish that I'd done earlier, but I, I was my own. I was the only one telling myself no. I think a lot of people get stuck telling themselves no for one reason or another. Just take the leap. You know, if it doesn't work out, then try again later. Just do it. <laughs> and you can, and just like you said, like you can, you can, you can sense when someone's not genuine. You know what I mean? Or authentic, like you're saying. So that's awesome. Thank you for the advice. No, and thank you. And I can tell that you guys love what you do, and you know this is such a great platform. I'm, I'm such a fan. And I noticed that you guys were talking um, to the owner of Finiru last week, um, who I did some modeling for as well. That's right. Yeah, Mel Mel is amazing. Yeah, Mel yes. Yeah, she's amazing too. We were, man, fortunate to have her come on too. That was, that was super dope. Learned a lot. That was a great show. Great show, yeah. Coach, you noticed. Yeah, we noticed. Um, yeah, she's um, amazing. Yeah, there was some, somehow we saw that you were connected with her. And then we looked and seen your profile. You were in broadcast media. And we're like, oh, man, we got to gotta reach out to her as well. We had Diamond. Do you, uh, do you remember Diamond Longy? you remember meeting her? Yes. I've only ever met Diamond once. But she, um, so um, when Mele was launching her brand, she reached out to um other Tongan women to see if we would model for her and I was like absolutely always happy to support other Tongan women in business so um I turned up didn't know anyone turned up to the shoot and um and Diamond was there too and we modeled for, for Mele which was just the best day it was so amazing to connect with other Tongans because as I said I, I didn't grow up around you know many other Tongans because I was so far removed from a metropolitan city I was four hours away from Sydney so you know there wasn't there weren't any Polynesians in town. Um, you know, it was, it was a Australian country town realistically. So um, it's, it's so nice. I love when I'm an adult coming across and meeting, meeting other Tongans and other Polynesians. Cause I just kind of, you know, it's lovely to see what everyone's doing in the world. Exciting. Huh? This yeah. little Tong Tongan network we have, you know, going overseas. I'd never thought I'd get up for a 5am podcast <laughs> ever, but you know, we're networking. We're out here building relationships with everyone. Oh, well, I'm glad that I could get you out of bed at 5 a.m. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I'm also glad. Yeah, we didn't know. Um, we were Good thing for Google, like you can type in Google, what time is it in Perth? And it'll tell you, right? So good thing we have uh, technology. To hey, just like you said, we, we just had to do it, you know? We had to do it. <laughs> Passionate, just had to it. do it. Yeah, you know, passionate yep. about whatever you're doing, do it. Oh, exactly. Yeah, hundred percent. You gotta, you gotta hustle. <laughs> yeah, Man. there you go, hustle. 
Yeah, just from listening to you sharing, like you are, you have hustled. You are one straight up hustler, and that's that's coming across super super well. That's and that's that's like the first thing you got to do is uh, to be successful. Just do it, you know. And that's where a lot of people don't don't uh, start is that they they always doubt themselves. Like, man what's going to happen? What if, what if this happens? What if that happens? But if they just get that out of their mindset, just do it, you know? Shout out to the sounds so simple though, right? Don't it sound so simple? It just sounds so simple. Just do it, you know? And it could uh, be so hard at times. It's always hard. Yeah. I think it's all about so many people, you know, have that mental thing blocking them where they're kind of saying, you know, I, oh, I don't know if I can do that or, you know, other people doubt them and they don't have enough confidence in themselves. I know that when I started, when I started my business, for example, you know, I'd been thinking about this uh, opportunity for, you know, 18 months and I was like, okay, um, essentially I'm an influencer talent agency for professional athletes. And I was telling my friends, I was like, you know what, like a talent agency. So that's kind of, you know, I act as the middleman negotiating those deals for my, for the talent. Um, and I sort of said to my friends, oh, you know, I, I, I think that there's an opportunity here. I feel like male professional athletes don't have the support they need to go and promote themselves on social media or work with brands. And my friends said to me, quite a few of my friends were like, oh, you know, there are so many agencies out there that do that or they all have sports, sports agents. Why would you do that? That sounds like a lot of hard work or, you know, th- there's so many others out there like that. And I kind of doubted myself and I thought, okay, well, I probably can't really make much money from this. Can I, should I do it? It's a lot of hard work for, work for nothing. I was really actually, the one thing that I was actually most scared of was failing. I was scared that I would put myself out there, my name to a brand and a business, reach out to all of these professional athletes, reach out to all of these really big brands and say I could do something and then not be able to deliver it. Um, and failing, the business failing was the thing that I was most scared about. But then I was like, it was COVID last year. I wasn't working. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to give it a go. Put a lot of time and energy into it at the start of this year as well. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm signing off deals that are worth $50,000 for some players, which, you know, might not, you know, for, for a couple of, you know, for a bit of social media um, and making a little bit of a commission from that. And, you know, that's something and I'm only in my first 12 months of business. So to be doing, you know, these small deals that I can do on the side of my full-time job and realizing that there is an income stream available from it, but not only that, I'm loving it. I'm able to keep, you know, athletes happy, brands happy. Um, I was so scared of failing. And to be honest, in the first year, if I had more time to invest in this business, it's definitely something I could take to the, to the next level. And the feedback that I've got is that no one else is actually doing exactly what I'm doing. It's very niche. Um, so my oh. friends were all liars. or the, pe- the people that doubted me were wrong. <laughs> Hey, congratulations. Yeah, that's huge. Thank you. And I think that's a big yeah. thing. Oh, people... go ahead. I was gonna say you just if you have an idea, you know, don't let other people convince you that it's not a good idea. Hopefully you're not friends with that person that you, that said <laughs> that they have agents for that already. <laughs> you know the, you not know, really, no. See? You know, one thing I heard is that when you succeed, when you succeed in something, it exposes other people's excuses. So that's that's one one of the things that when you were talking just now, when you guys were talking about what you're just sharing, 
that when you succeed, it, it helps to expose other people's excuses. Because there's other people that, you know, that are, they're trying to do things, but when you, like, let's say when you do a plan or something, and you're the only one to follow through, I don't know, what do you guys, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, I, man, I just, um, for you to, it's called playing social, is that right? Yeah. Okay, and um, shoot, I lost my train of thought because I saw it. And I was looking it up and I was like, shoot, what's the name of her, her brand that she was trying to. That's okay. Yeah, no, that's okay. I, I mean, yeah, as, as I said, I, I started it with, you know, just kind of going and going, okay, I have this expertise. I don't have the players yet. I don't have the brands yet, but if I go in and, you know, talk the talk, I know I can walk the walk. Someone just needs to give me a chance and I was given a chance and, um, mm. Now we're now working with some of the the biggest players in the NRL. Um, I'm very lucky, and um, you know, playing social is really taken off. It turns playing social turns one at the end of this month. Oh wow! wow. Nice. Wow! Congrats. That's huge. Yeah. Thank that you. <laughs> you know, the, one of the things that we put our stamp on as a group is speaking into existence. A lot of the things that we want to tell to the universe, we really do believe and, and know that it comes back around again. So like, is there anybody that you want to work with that you want to speak into existence and we'll put them on the podcast and, and kind of shout them out just to try to get you, you know, connected somehow, some way? Uh, you know what, like the, the NFL player that we were talking about earlier, um, I think his name's Jordan, oh, I would, My you know laptop. what? I would just love to have a conversation. Yes, I would just love to have a conversation. <laughs> hey, Jordan Malata, if you are listening to this podcast, okay, we got Leyance Leilani over here that wants to link up with you. And um, if anybody knows anybody that's listening to this podcast as a connection, hey, let's link up, man. Let's keep this this strong vibe going, this connection going, relationship building. Uh, but yeah, this, that you. would be amazing. Let's go. Well, you know, Leilani, yes, um, one, one of our um, podcast members, name is Paul Fonica. He he's an NFL um, alumni, right? So I'm sure. Oh, this, wow. and, and he and when he first got drafted to the NFL, he was drafted to the team that um, Jordan's at, so the Eagles. So that was that's where Paul first started his career. There's the, the connection right there. Wow. Yeah. So. Just, you know, it's what a coincidence, but uh, <laughs> yeah. we happen to have Paul. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Because I'm sure Paul still knows. It's all about networking. Office. Yeah. Oh, mm. that would be, that would be amazing. And if you guys would like to talk to anyone here in Australia, uh, you know, any other Tongans, Polynesians or anyone else um, that's doing good things, let me know because hopefully I can hook you guys up with someone too. <laughs> what a coincidence. Huh? that's amazing that oh that would be amazing I'd, yeah i'd just love to have like a networking conversation with him and just i guess yeah have a chat with him <laughs> sweet well we have uh we have your email your, your contact email we'll have paul shoot it out to him mm -hmm. see what we can do thank you oh you're amazing thank you <laughs> well, dang um we're going on almost two hours now 
time flies. <laughs> uh, you know what? This this catch up has just gone so fast because I can see that you guys are absolutely amazing at what you do with the podcast. You're, you're passionate. It's literally just been like, this is the first time that we've ever spoken or we've ever met, but I feel like we've just been having a conversation for two hours amongst friends. So thank you so much for inviting me on the, on the podcast. Thanks for being here. Oh yeah, definitely. Thank you for coming on. Sheesh. Yeah. And, And thank you. Thank you for, thank you for inviting me for listening to my story and I've loved hearing about, you know, what you guys have been up to. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing who else you guys get on the encourages because I just think it, it's got such a great, you know, initiative behind what you guys are doing here and encouraging and inspiring other people. So um, thank you. And it's amazing what you do. Thank um, you. Thank you. We appreciate that. Hey, for all our listeners, can you, can you kind of, um, can you let everyone know how they can get a hold of you or how they can follow you to support you? Yeah, sure. If you want to follow me, you can reach out on Instagram. My Instagram is at Leilani Vakahi. Um, shoot me a, a DM anytime and I'll get back to all messages. Awesome. Nice. Reach out, reach out if you guys have any questions. Notice you wanted to do a drop for us. Oh, yeah, yeah. Can you um, can you explain that real quick, Coach? Yeah. Um, can you um, kind of, we call it a drop. Kind of just explain, just say your first name, last name, or however you want to represent yourself and just and just say, hey, um, welcome to the Encouragers podcast. Or my name is Leilani Vakahi, and you are listening to the Encouragers podcast. Or however, however, what kind of Leonce flavor you want to put onto it, girl. Okay, <laughs> it's up to you. <laughs> All right, let me, I'm just trying to have a think if there's something clever I can come up with now. There you go, see, see, <laughs> see. <laughs> You're probably on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and if you could, if you could uh, do a countdown like a stand-up, a like three, two, one, and then go. Oh, <laughs> you know, I, now you're making me nervous. Do you know? You know, um, I don't. Have you guys ever watched The Bachelor in America in the US? Yeah, it's huge yeah. over here. It's yeah. Huge. Oh yeah. It's huge. I don't know if they do. I assume they do the same thing, but you know how you walk up on the red carpet and then they film that red carpet moment. Do you guys have that as well? They do yeah, that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, oh, let's see that. So, let's um, see that. <laughs> you have to do it you standing won't want up, to use though. This. <laughs> do you know? What, I, I've got like it's business playing. up the top, and I've got tracksuit pants on. I've I've worn a nice top, <laughs> and I'm sitting here in my in my pajama pants. <laughs> um, but no, what I what I did was so I walked up and I said, um, he goes, he goes, hi, I'm Lucky, and I was like, hi, would you like to get laid? And handed him a lay, a Tongan lay. What? There you go. He, yeah. So yeah. What so I had the lay in my arm. That? He was like, he was like, ah, oh, lay me. It was really weird. <laughs> but, um, yeah. And then, and I was like, yeah. I was like, here's a flower lay. I'm half Tongan. I was like, um, my name's Leilani, but my friends call me Lay. And he was like, oh, I get it. Okay. <laughs> but, um, my dad. My dad wasn't impressed that I asked a guy on national TV if he'd like mm-hmm. to get laid. Oh yeah. Um, but anyway, I'm with I'll you. Do... I'm with you, Uncle Swanee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I haven't got anything clever, but I'll just do the drop for you. Then, as per normal, I'm not very creative tonight. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. Hey, I'm Leilani Vakahi, and I'm on the Encourages podcast.
Money. Yeah, that's money. I will use that. Did you go to work now? I gotta, <laughs> I gotta get ready. You gotta get ready for work. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I gotta wake my son up for school. I've been up since I've been up since 4 a.m. today because I had a big meeting. So what is it? It's nearly 8 p.m. here. I think it's nearly my bedtime. <laughs> hey, girl. Tech, well, how's your brisket? I don't know. I haven't checked on it. It's probably oh. done now. I smoked a brisket last night, so should be done right now. <laughs> oh, amazing. Bit. You know what brisket yum i need to go and work out when you're gonna have for dinner but i everyone um thinks i'm so strange but my favorite my favorite tongan food is um lou with um with corned beef in it you know like the corned beef yeah, that, that you get uh-huh. oh i love it with corned beef not with sippy or anything just corned beef but everyone's like you're so weird <laughs> that's my favorite too yeah okay good that was man- <laughs> mm. Ooh, oh what Mm-hmm. And the oh. the cracker biscuits and um the watermelon otar. Oh wait, yeah. that's, that's too early to be talking. About I need to go. <laughs> I need to go and find a tongan who can make me some food. <laughs> well, Tech cooks pretty well. When he when Tech comes out to Australia, which we're all planning to come out to Australia, we'll have Tech cook it up. It's Tech's our okay. Cooking. I'll hold you to it. You can you can you've got a room here in Perth if you come to Perth. Oh, sweet. Thanks. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for getting up for me. Have a nice day, guys. Yeah, you thanks, Yolani. Thanks, sister. Great speaking with you. Thank you for the advice and the Definitely. great stories. No worries. And I, I meant what I said, if you want to have a chat to um, like a couple of the, the Tongan guys that I know who play, you know, footy professionally over here. Um, a few of them, I'm sure, would be willing to have a chat sometime if you want to, so I can hook you up there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that'd that be dope. Good. We've been trying to reach out to everybody, but, you know, only the ladies reply back to us. <laughs> it's because the boys, you know, boys are, boys are lazy. Do you, um, yeah. The boy, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. You already know. You win. Yeah. Yeah, do you know what I was actually wondering? Because I was I was running late from work today. Sorry, I know you've got to go. But I was running late home from work today, and I was like, I wonder if they mean six p.m. real time or six p.m. Tongan time. <laughs> we made sure it wasn't Tongan time. We all got on like a half hour early, just chatting it up. <laughs> oh yeah, you true talking. You are a true talking. That's what you're talking. you know. You know. It's, it's funny because I yeah. get off at I get off at one thirty in the morning. And Tech told me, because uh, we're in a group chat, right, um, on our on our iPhones, Tech, Tech said, hey, as soon as you get off, give me a call. So I called right when I got off at 1.30 in the morning. I, I shot a call to everyone to make sure they were got up. <laughs> they got up. And they were awake. So that was good. Uh, but yeah, We did it, guys. We did it. Thank you. Good morning. What a way to start the morning. <laughs> I'm going to have, it's going to be a good day today. Yep. Definitely. Just, yes. just do it. Just do it. There just do go. it all day. Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Have a lovely day. I'll you uh, too. speak to you soon. Sounds good. Definitely. We'll all see right, you soon. Bye. Okay, bye. See you soon. <laughs> bye.